volume buttons. Guys, what is, Kate? We got microphones. This sounds so good. Listen to how good we sound. Do you not think we sound good? No, I think we sound really good. But was it not my singing then? No, it was, I was just thinking about something else. What were you thinking about? Just something else. Man. What? I don't know. I was, I just didn't like your singing. Wow, <laughs> there it is. I knew it. Uh, guys, we got microphones, so hopefully this sounds good. Yeah. I'm using one that looks like um, some sort of space ball. It's cute. It's I feel like it ball. looks like it would be friends with BB-8. Yeah, and yours is like an old-timey radio. It's like, hello, folks, Little Orphan Annie's up next, but feist, feist, I gotta tell you about this new milk product. Um, so if this sounds great, great. If it sounds bad, you know what? Fuck, fuck, fuck off. Oh. Uh, dude, can we talk about something, though, really fast? Mm-hmm. Um, we're doing our very first live show. We are. We're doing our very first live show in Philly. In Philadelphia. On Live March breathe, 30th. That sweet, sweet Philadelphia Kate's freedom. Kate's hometown no, show. No. Can you believe it? No. It's Kate's hometown. All it of her friends, not my her hometown. family, also, no one would her call high Philly school a town. teachers. None of those people friends, are coming. All of them are coming because I have it's one hometown, college friend. And we can't believe we're doing our very first show in your Ugh. hometown. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel like I want to kill you. Go, 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 go. Uh, but seriously, we are doing our first show March 30th in Philly. We were going to announce it. We were going to, it was going to be announced on this episode of the podcast, but then we did our ticket release on the last week. Yeah. And it sold out. It sold out so fast without an hour promo. Also, sorry about that, guys. We didn't give you any like uh, heads up that we were going to sell tickets at a certain time. We just, we honestly didn't think it was going to sell out like that. Yeah, but it sold out. But then it sold out. Like that. Which is pretty cool. So we, um, now hopefully we'll be able to. Now we have to do it. Yeah, now we have to do it. And also we have, you know, we get to put other maybe shows on the radar. Yeah. If you guys want to come, that's really, that's really cool. Thank you. We heard a lot of Chicago. We heard a lot of Boston. We Mm -hmm. heard a lot of New York. So we're going to look into those cities next, but don't, Freck, because Kate, mm-hmm. what if I didn't get a ticket? I didn't even know you guys were selling them. Well, first of all, you should be following us on Instagram because that's where we sold them. If you're yeah, but not if you're at work or something. Fair, fair, fair. But if you're not following us on Instagram, mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram. But Kate, I didn't know you guys were selling it. Now I don't have a ticket. What am I going to do? You guys are my favorite podcast in the world. What am I going to do? first thing, change your technique because when you whine like that, it makes me not want to help you. When Kate. No. Kate, change it again. New Kate, choice. Kate. New choice. Okay, but I need a. What if I didn't get tickets? Like this guy. Like this guy. <laughs> I didn't get tickets in time. I was very busy. I was yes, sir. I would my... like to. Um, here's here's what's gonna happen. Um, there is standing room. Standing. There's standing room. You could uh, first come first serve for standing room. There's a uh, seats at the bar. It's a brewery, guys. There are a few tables in the back, and you'd only be standing for an hour. And honestly, I don't even care if you took a knee. <laughs> yeah, take a knee. Uh, we forgot to mention this is at Roy Pitt's Barrel House, which is a brewery. <laughs> which, like, what better place for us to do our first live yeah. show than surrounded by alcohol? Mm-hmm. So I'm looking we- to try those sour beers. Ooh, tell them the thing you saw on the menu. Oh hell yeah! Wait, let me look it up. Uh, fucking Fat Daddy Sacks. They have a food item called Fat Daddy Sacks. No, they have it's pret. It's a pretzel. It's a like. Bulgarian? No, that's from the movie I saw. Uh, that's from Game Night. Also, <laughs> Roy Pitts is uh, a venue that they do a lot of live shows. So if you're under 21, it's okay. You can still come. But there is a caveat. You have to have someone with you that is 25 or older. Yeah. Not our rules. 
but you have to do it. Here we go. It's a Bavarian soft pretzel served with Fat Daddy Sacks mustard and old jail beer cheese. So and guys, I can't wait. I'm going to eat that in front of all of you if guys. If you coming. want that to happen, and you I'm going to eat suck that, on some Fat come. Daddy Sacks It's only an mustard. hour show. It starts at nine. Hour, hour and a half. Who knows? Uh, yeah, we're going to see how long we can drag that out. But we're going to be giving away BuzzFeed swag. We're going to be throwing, we're going to bring an air gun and shoot no, merch out into the. Oh, we're not? Absolutely. Absolutely not bringing an air gun. We're bringing live animals. We're going to do a live animal segment. That is true. Livestock <laughs> travels with me at all times. <laughs> Whether they like it or not. No, they um, always like it. They love to travel. That's a thing that no one tells you about livestock is they love to see the world. Stop eating meat. <laughs> <laughs> um, but seriously, guys, we're really excited about our first live show. We have no fucking clue what we're going to do yet, but... We have, we have some idea. We're going to drink and yeah. we're going to chat with you guys and we're going to maybe do some audience questions. So, oh yeah. So if you're coming, get a question ready. Yeah. Um, also, we got to talk about our winner from last week. We had our beautiful friend Shauna on. She read a poem and we told you guys the first person to go find where her poem was etched into the ground in, where was it? Outside of Boston? Somewhere in Boston. We were going to send you merch and she was going to send you her book. So we want to give a big shout out to at A-K-A-Kaya, Akaya Millith. I don't know she, how to yeah, say she gets it. a book in your swag. She gets a book in my swag. I hate that I said swag. I, I said it too. like it wasn't. But they call it swag. The kids do. Ugh. Sorry. Um, so shout out to her. I call it sweet, 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 sweet merch. Sweet, sweet merch. Um, and then we also are rounding out, guys. This is the last week. Our hashtag wars. We had last week's hashtag was hashtag talk about ugh with a one. Yeah. And we got some really funny responses. Uh, why don't we go through some of our favorites before we announce this week's winner? Okay, this one is my absolute favorite. It really just is, and I love your name. Uh, <laughs> your, so T'Challa at me, but it's at um, Valencian K. Uh, when you get called a brat for not appreciating an unsolicited dick pic, and then I'm gonna read you the. She posted a picture of. Oh my the, god, she sent us the dick pic. Yeah, but of. she put whack over it, which nice. is hilarious. It's just. Beautifully done. 20 unread messages. Girl, check your text messages. Group threads, I bet. Mm. Okay, so he sent a dick pic to her. What looks like from the toilet. Ooh. Um, Why, guys? Interesting choice. I don't know, dude. But then <laughs> said, your turn. And she goes, I didn't ask for that, so why should I reciprocate? And he goes, if you're going to be a brat, this isn't going to work. I don't chase. I replace. This guy oh, sounds God. like he has the weakest dick game. But... And then she sent like three laughing with tears emojis. And he said, any questions, brat? Ew. And she said, just remember that magnums aren't much larger than the national average. Is that true? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But I would, don't talk to him anymore. Yeah. Don't. Block, 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 block. Also, ew, the color of his bathroom looks like he doesn't really clean his balls. Our friend Jen Doesn't wrote, it look like he has sticky balls? I don't, I really tried not to look. Look. I mean, you can't actually see anything, but look at his legs in that tile. Yeah, You really can't see anything. Yeah, you've never really seen balls until you've had to peel one off of the inside of someone's thigh. You know what I'm saying? You've done that, right? No! Oh, never mind. Me neither. <laughs> I only touch slippery balls. Um, how about... Just kidding, I don't touch balls. How about Ed Jordan it's Smith? Just, it's not something that's in my life right now. <laughs> 
How about at Jordan Smith said, I was venting with one of my coworkers and my boss called me from his job and told me that he could hear us. He has a secret audio recording device. Hashtag talk about, uh, I think that's illegal. Yeah, I think I it's illegal. Think, I know at least in the state of California, you can't record someone without them knowing. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, oh, is this the winner? Yes. Should we re- just read it? Yeah. Okay. The winner. Coming from at Rachel Kirk. Underscore. When you when you learn during your first Brazilian wax that it's also your waxer's first Brazilian wax. Hashtag talk about ah hashtag contest at adult shit. Hilarious. Ah, and also, ah. Yeah, good lord. God, I've never gotten a waxing before, except for, for a ladylike video. They had me get like come on as a guest, and we waxed ourselves, and I couldn't even do it. I like I hit I the out. woman who waxed me the <gasps> one time. You can't hit her. I didn't mean. See, here's the thing: is that she used that blue stuff. What? Oh, so where it's, it's like, not a paper. It's, yeah, it's not like wax on paper, so you don't get. I guess like maybe her hands were like sweaty or something. Oh, Jesus <laughs> but Christ! She, she went to like rip it out and her hand slipped so she went three two and then she went to rip it but she sl- it fell uh, off so it was like a quick pull but not a pull out and then she <laughs> went back to pull it again and I went I just like I just threw my arm up and she caught it like an egg as though she had been catching a hand like, coming at her <laughs> catching hands for dude I just, I've been getting a uh, laser I've been mm. getting laser hair removal and I've left a little like can I call it a Hitler patch? No. Okay. Um, I've God. left a little square patch that looks like a German. No. Uh, no. Okay. No. I've left a small landing strip that also resembles a no. mustache. Okay. Let it go. Okay. There's just, I left a patch, but let me tell you, I've only gone to four sessions and I don't think I need to go to any more. And you know what? Surprisingly, the laser doesn't really hurt on the vag. It hurts way more on the legs than on the vag. Mm. Or maybe I just got a tough pussy. That sweet, sweet leather puss. <laughs> you got a leather puss? Ew. <laughs> Sounds like purse, but with, it, with the whatever. Uh, like if I'm three. Um, yeah, I don't actually, I haven't done anything to my pubic hair in a really long time. You she's just growing. To. Honestly, I was like, you're fluffy. My friend was saying the other day that she's actually pissed because she did laser when it was cool to be like a bare naked mole rat on your veg. Mm-hmm. And so she got everything lasered off and she's like, now she's pissed because she was like, now it's cool to have pubic hair again. Like it's like women-y and like feministic. I mean, blah, 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 blah. none of like, yeah, all that's cool. Like don't feel pressured to do whatever. I just, it's been winter. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not trying. I like I'm not, having pubic hair. I know that, like, I want to trim it. Like, I've been, it's literally something that's been on my to do list. <laughs> I want to trim it and, like, shave it down a little bit. But what I really want to do, what? And I don't even know if this is possible. Why? I want to deep condition it. Just believe. Yeah, you I can want totally it, deep I want it, like, it. soft. There, there are pussy facials. What? Yeah, I think we did a video about it where you go and someone, like, deep conditions your puss. How expensive is that? Just do it at home. Get a deep conditioner. Lather that bitch up. Uh-huh. Give her give her a nice hot towel. Ooh, true. Treat, treat her like an old timey barber. The skin treat those itself, men. the skin itself is soft. Yeah, but I want the hair to be soft. Just maybe right start now. conditioning every time. Damn. I don't know though, because I feel like pubic hair is is a different texture as you get older too. Like I've seen some older puss that the hair is really soft. 
and then I want to say younger puss, but I don't want to. I want to establish that it's over eighteen younger puss. Yikes! And it's hot. It's like um, coarse, coarser, yeah, coarser. It feels like horse. Hair. If we have any doctor uh, doctors that listen to this, can you confirm that your puss hair gets softer as you get older? Doctors or vaginal hairdressers, <laughs> if you could please reach out and tell me how to deep condition my my. Ratty pubes, that would be much appreciated. Thank you so much. Oh, I don't mean to be a bother. No, uh, speaking of uh, vaginas, I started birth control again. Oh, why did you say it like that? I don't know. Am I excited? We talked about it, and and why did you want to be on it again? Because, well, okay, so I wanted to be off of it because I wanted to get my body cleansed out of all the hormones, and I felt amazing. My sex drive was insane, and I was. Very happy, but then all of a sudden I started getting cystic acne, mm-hmm. and I was in a couple BuzzFeed videos about it, trying to find a cure. And I went on aldactine and do- doxycycline and all these antibiotics, and it still never cleared up. And I finally just said, "Fuck it, I'm in a relationship now where I'm having a lot of sex, yeah. and I'd rather also get rid of this acne." So it just seemed like the right time to go back on it. Mm-hmm. And we had this whole conversation about it. And so what I did decide, update, was I went back on plane. There's a plane. Everyone to hold on. There is a plane. There is a... It's... Progestion. Okay, it's I went on... I think it's called progestion. It's the estrogen-free pill. Oh. So it's not gonna affect my mood as much as, like, normal birth control would. That's good. But I will say having to take a... Remembering to take a pill every day is a pain in the ass. I just couldn't go through with the IUD. I heard don't too many take, horror stories from you You don't guys. take medicine anymore? No. I'm off everything. Oh. Off my antidepressants. Off... The only thing I have is my Valium for when I travel, which brings us to the subject of today's mm-hmm. episode. We had you, a lot of you guys write in about this, and... We kind of had covered it in in previous episodes, but I think it now is a good time just because of what happened to me this weekend. But talking about introducing your mental illness slash talking about your mental health with a significant other mm-hmm. slash new person slash friend slash job. Just how do you approach it depending on a different person in your life? Yeah. Um, this happened to me this weekend. I already told Kate about this, but uh, I went to Disney with my boyfriend and another couple and... Got food poisoning, so we got there at like 8 a.m., and by like tell, noon... Tell them what it was. Oh. <laughs> it was a combination of like, we got shrimp gumbo, <laughs> and the other one that I had On was a hot day. A Monte Cristo sandwich at 10 a.m., which if you don't know what a Monte Cristo is, it is Swiss cheese, turkey, ham, deep fried, no bread, just deep, double deep fried with powdered sugar on top, <laughs> and berry compote. As a side. So I had that and then... What the fuck is berry compote? It's like jam, I think. Uh, I might even be saying it wrong. It might be compote. Someone tweet at us how to pronounce it. Uh, So we were standing in line for a ride and I got really claustrophobic all of a sudden. And I think it was a combination of the food poisoning kicking in where you know that feeling when you just... Your whole body has a layer of sweat over it for no reason. You know it's about to happen. You know it's about to happen. And I said... I feel like... What's it... Pig pen from the from <laughs> Charlie, Brown. Charlie Brown. It just feels like all of a sudden all of the sweat and like body <laughs> heat is just radiating off of me. That's what started to happen, and I started to have a panic attack. Like mm-hmm. my, I, I started to disassociate. Things didn't feel real. I totally started to freak out, and I turned around, and my my boyfriend he was on his phone playing chess or something, mm-hmm. and I like looked at him and I was like, I need you right now, and he like was like, Whoa, what's wrong? And I said, I'm gonna throw up, and he's like, No, you're not. No, you're not, you're gonna be okay, you're gonna be okay. And I was like, Oh, good, oh, good. And like my mouth started watering, and I literally had to jump 
the line in the bushes because at Disney they do that fucking thing where they make those lines just absolutely insane architect wise like the layout of those lines is just absurd Mm -hmm. and I ran to the bathroom and immediately just vommed for like a good solid 10 minutes and started shitting my brains out. How did you maneuver that? I I took 30 seconds once I got into the bathroom and said what's more important shitting my pants or puking on the floor. And so I chose to sit first, uh-huh. and then I couldn't shit, so I turned around and puked with my pants down, mm-hmm. and then I turned back around and shit. <laughs> they didn't have. They should have garbage cans. Yeah, they do, but they have garbage cans that you have to open the flap. <laughs> so I would have had to stick my head into the flap and puke. Anyways, that happened, and I felt a lot. I mean, I didn't feel great, but I, I felt a lot better once I got all of that shit literally yeah. out of me. But yeah. then the residual like anxiety was still there, mm-hmm. and I. You know, the my boyfriend and, and the other couple had already gotten on the ride, and so I started FaceTiming my mom, and I was just like, I'm freaking out. Like, I'm I'm in the middle of a panic attack, and I don't know what yeah. to do. And I, I was able to come down from it. I was able to logic my way out of it, which is not how I normally do things. Normally, I have to take a volume and kind of wait for it to pass. But I was able to logic my way out of it, being like, okay, you felt claustrophobic as fuck in that line. Mm-hmm. You had food poisoning you literally just expelled a demon out of your asshole and mouth. Mm-hmm. Of course your body is like... It's like Stranger Things. <laughs> <laughs> I was in the upside down in the bathroom. Yeah. And like, of course my body was freaking out, feeling all of those feelings at once. But anyone who has panic attacks knows that like, after you have one, you still have this like adrenaline and, um, you know, negative feelings. And so after my boyfriend got out of the ride, the DJ was like... Okay, you need water, you need bread, you need to do this, you need to do that. And I kept being like, no, no, I don't, feel, like, I just need you to, like, hold my hand and I just need you to, like, be with me. He's like, you need to chug this water. Eat this bread, eat this bread. And I was like, my stomach hurts. I don't eat this. And he kept telling me what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And so after the day was done, we left early because I didn't feel good. I, we, like, sat down in my room and I was like, okay, I love you and thank you for, like, being there for me and you did so great. But here's how I need you next time I'm going through a panic attack to like help me because it is really scary. Sometimes you're like, I want someone to hold me. And then the the next second you're like, I don't want to be touched. And then you're like, I need someone to tell me it's okay. And then I need someone to not even acknowledge that it's happening. So I told him like, you just need to listen to what I need. And Mm -hmm. I know that's hard because when you're in the middle of a panic attack, you don't really know how to express what you need. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like you're expecting someone to have this superpower to know what you need in that moment. Mm -hmm. And so I think it was good because that was the first time I had had like a full blown panic attack in front of him. And it also just happened to be coupled with shit and vomit. But I don't know, like, what what has been your experience with dealing with people for the first time when you're kind of introducing something new about yourself that you normally don't tell to the world? Hmm. Um, I mean, I'm very new to even, like, telling people. I feel like you have a pretty good handle on mm. what it is that you're feeling mm. and experiencing. Ooh, so sometimes, and you, you kind of... I've noticed, like, you own it without necessarily apologizing. Mm, that's which, good. Yeah. <laughs> Go me. <laughs> uh, so it's difficult to talk to someone and be like, hey, this is why I do this, while also knowing that it's not like, could you let me off the hook for when I fuck up? Because that's mm. been, like, my experience with it, is that with an eating disorder, I will stay home sometimes mm. or cancel plans 
or lash out for no reason. And I mean, my friends sort of grew up, I've had it for a very long time. So my friends who grew up with me were kind of, they are, you know, empathetic towards it, but they're also like, hey man, this has been the way it is for a long time. You don't get to just bail because of this thing. And they're right. And yeah, so I think it's, but in talking to new people about it, I don't know. I've had a, I've had mixed Mixed reviews. Do you ever just like drop? I feel like it's way easier to drop in. And also we got a comment once. Sorry, I'm like trying to do two thoughts at once. But we got a comment once that was saying like, why don't you guys talk more about than just anxiety and depression? Like, why can't you talk about other mental illnesses? And I I, don't have other mental illnesses that I know of right now. And I've been misdiagnosed with a few. So I think it's only appropriate that we do talk about these things when we have guests on who can talk to their experience. Yeah, we can get guests. Yeah, but just so talking about going back to anxiety, um, I think it's easier, and I, I hate to say this because I know that's not the truth for everyone, but I think it's easier to slip in the word anxiety into conversations because people don't know like there's so many levels of debilitating Mm -hmm. anxiety whereas when I think of like eating disorders I think of like one type of specific feeling in person and you know no there's not a spectrum like you either have it or you don't because no one talks about it right for the most part they don't talk about it like socially so I'll say it sometimes just be like the weird thing about telling someone oh I have an eating disorder is my assumption that they're going to look me up and down and be like, no, you don't. Ew, why? That's the fucking eating disorder, man. Oh, that makes sense. So they'll be like, yeah, but you're not skin and bones. So if it's not anorexia, it's not an eating disorder. You know, oh, "Oh, do you make yourself throw up? No. You just binge eat? Okay, so you're just a, you're a fat, lazy person. You know what I mean? So it's, it is, with eating disorders, I feel like it's a little bit, it's a little bit harder also because I think a lot of people have disordered eating mm. and it's just sort of like the so norm. So it does sound like there is kind of a spectrum to it in a weird way. Like it, you can have like certain triggers and again, tell me if I'm wrong because mm-hmm. I know nothing about this, but like mm-hmm. it, it seems like you can have like a a mental illness around food, but not necessarily have like an eating disorder. Does that make sense? Like I'm sure you could have you know, weird relationships with food yeah. and body image without it being an eating disorder. But I think that that's a symptom of something else. Mm. And so even with eating disorders, it's not really about the food. It's about your self-worth and yeah. uh, hiding and boundaries and all of this other yeah. stuff. So, yeah, I think that's a that's probably one of the biggest challenges, getting to know someone and being like, here's a boundary. Yeah. That's hard. I mean, yeah. Even thinking about like the first, like how do you even approach that conversation Because I've had men specifically, I don't know if Mm -hmm. that's like, you know, because men aren't allowed to like feel feelings in our society, but I've had men specifically tell me that like, I don't, I don't really have panic disorder. Like I don't, I'm not really (laughs) depressed. Like I'm just going through something, you know, this was back before it was a little bit easier to talk about these things in public. But you know, the first time I talked about it with the DJ was when we were drunk and I was like. This is a perfect time to bring this up because you know what? We're both really drunk and we're both being vulnerable. And I feel like, you know, it's a drunk man's words or a sober man's thoughts. And like, let me just like get it out of the way. And so I opened with like, yeah, I went to rehab once for like mental health because I had really bad panic disorders. And then he kind of opened up about his mental health and we were able to have a a dialogue about it. But Mm -hmm. there have been times where I've talk to you know like a employer Mm -hmm. who didn't understand it who would be like 
Well, what do you mean you like definitely miss think, days because yeah, well, they, of anxiety? Yeah, I mean, like our like older people, like older generations, didn't really have this dialogue or these mm-hmm. this vocabulary mm-hmm. to be like. I'm sorry, you're anxious? Mm-hmm. And I don't care. My dad was in the mines. You don't think he was anxious? You don't think he had weird body image issues? No, he had a hard time. Yeah, you know what I yeah. mean? So I definitely think that there's like that, you know, lift yourself up by your bootstraps and get over it type mm-hmm. of mentality. But I also but I think there's there should be a common ground. It always feels like when there's when things are one way, we pull it so far to the extreme the other way that it kind of has to bounce back and mm-hmm. find its middle. And I definitely think that like I shouldn't be so for example if I bail on some I like stayed home from someone's birthday Mm -hmm. party because I was like I can't do it today I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry and just because so here's the here's an important thing to remember is that just because she knows like the girl who I bailed on just because she knows what I'm going through Mm -hmm. and everything doesn't mean that I'm safe from her being upset yeah and I don't think she was upset but she, if she was, she didn't tell me that's a really good, that's like a pretty good friend. Do you to, think though? Cause like, I think it is because she know. I think it's good to know, be like, all right, they're going through something and that's cool. If it continues and it's like a constant thing, then it's like, yeah, man, maybe, maybe stop. But like, I, I agree. And then there's the part, the anxiety part of me. That's like, no, if I'm having a panic attack, I would skip going to like a fucking, like yeah. I would skip like a, my best friend's wedding if I had a panic attack. Like I wouldn't be able to, it's not something that I could just like come down from. Right. That And that is okay for you to do, but that doesn't mean that they don't get to feel a certain way about it. But then so like, how do we balance that? Like how do we balance, when, when is it too much when you become the friend that bails on everything because of like your, you know what I mean? I mean, if you are, then you are, you know yeah. what I mean? Like I think that's, I think that's what's frustrating. I think that's why people kind of have a hard time talking or like accepting mental health stuff. I feel like older generations have a hard time talking about it because it does, it's so easy for it to be misconstrued as an excuse, Mm -hmm. right? Or like snowflakey, like everyone has a mental problem these days. Yeah. I mean, what's this, uh, Kevin Love just came out with that article about having panic attacks. Did you see that? Uh Uh-uh. Kevin Love, the basketball player? No. If you look him up, he's very attractive. Oh, great. Uh, I think he's good at basketball. <laughs> Who we, cares? Uh, Quentin and I did a video about basketball. If uh, moms did the oh, that was so halftime report. Uh, check Google it out. I play Facebook. Kevin Love's mom. Oh nice. Um, Lynn Love. But I think that like you know we should talk about what it. What was his article about? He had a panic attack during a game. Oh, and he had to, he, he got really sick and or, or like he felt really sick and stuff. And he was like he couldn't really like move yeah and so his coach was like I don't know he said I can't remember it verbatim but he like had to go into the locker room and lay on the ground Mm. and like no one knew what was happening and he went to the doctor he's like what happened they're like everything's fine he's like then what the fuck happened to me that's like that episode of sex in the city where Miranda has to go to the emergency room yeah and then when Carrie gets there she's like I just had a panic attack it's fine yeah it's no big deal but that was so ahead of its time like yeah to have like the working female woman character have a panic attack in the middle of the day and like have to miss work and stuff but I also think that a lot of you know we should notice these things you mm-hmm. know what I mean like we should and acknowledge it if you had a panic attack when something happened I'd be like oh it like if you say I was getting married mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and you were like oh man I'm not coming I'm having a panic attack I'd be like damn get the fuck up. no I wouldn't say get the fuck up I'd just be like okay like I wouldn't make you really? get up unless you had like a ring and I would just be like, all right, I'm sending someone to come get the ring, oh my man. God. And then make sure you're okay. Yeah. But I think that that's 
like important too is that I think, I think there's also, more. Yeah. I think there's a lot more um, empathy that you could have for other people if you yourself could recognize mm-hmm. when things are like hard mm-hmm. for you and when you know you might be having a panic attack. And then sometimes panic attacks happen when you're not setting the right boundaries. Yeah, and I mean they could be they you know there, there's mental health. There's all sorts of freaking stuff. Just yeah. like physical health. You I, the other day I stepped down on my hip wrong. <laughs> And I was like, oh no, my knee. It was my knee. I was like, what the fuck just yep. happened? Remember? Yep. And, and it was, yeah, and, you just have a shitty knee. No, and now it's fine. Oh. I like, I, I walked no, through it, man. I don't know. I want to. I'm getting to, off topic. You know, I want to talk to you a little bit about like how to tell your friends. Well, just how it doesn't matter who it is because I feel like there is this idea that you have to be like kind of confident about it and be like very secure in it and being like hey I'm gonna sit you down and explain to you exactly what it is and it kind of loosely goes with the idea I've heard some some I've seen some shit that went back and forth on Twitter about when people say like you have to love yourself before you can love anyone else and people being like no but people being like that's not true you can absolutely hate parts of yourselves and not be okay and still love somebody else and I think that goes along with this conversation. Like, the first time I had to tell someone about that stuff, I was not confident. I did not feel good about it. I was not, it's not something I loved about myself. And, you know, I, I still teeter with the word love it about myself because that makes it sound like I'm romanticizing it. But I mm-hmm. do think that I am who I am because of all of the hard times I've been able to realize I can get through despite my anxiety. But being able to sit someone down and actually go through the conversation and feel confident and sometimes showing your vulnerability in it Mm -hmm. is really scary because a lot of people are undereducated about a lot of this stuff. So sometimes, you know, the best you can do is just tell someone, hey, sometimes things don't feel real or like sometimes I feel like I'm going to die and it's really scary and I don't understand it, but I need you to (laughs) understand that that's the most I can tell you about it, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know if that's the same way with the ED, but... For me, I've done, I've had so many of these things happen and I've had this shit for so many years that I'm able to kind of scientifically explain it to some people now. Mm -hmm. But when I first started, I had zero confidence in telling people about it. But I think it was more important that they knew Mm -hmm. so that when it did happen inevitably, Mm -hmm. it it wasn't like a weird thing. Like, what the fuck just happened to her? Like, she just left set or like she just ran out of the room or why is she FaceTiming with her mom for an hour in the middle of the day? Like, yeah. I don't know if there's um, any tips we can give people that, like, don't fully feel confident about it or love themselves or, like, are in a new relationship unexpectedly and now feel like it's the right time to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you might be able to speak better to the anxiety and depression Mm. um, aspect of it. I would say to anyone who is currently struggling with an eating disorder, we all know that it's not really about the food. or about the, you know, your body or whatever. That's what it definitely feels like, but it's not really about that. I would say that it is a voice that's very loud and it's like you're listening to headphones and the whole world is going on outside and you think everyone's listening to what you're listening to, but you're the only one at that moment wearing these headphones. You and your metaphor. So like I could look at a (laughs) situation, I could look at a situation when my eating disorder voice is really talking, I hear something very different than what other people are saying so Mm -hmm. I think that that is like 
I remember I got into a fight with a friend when she was like, oh, I thought that person was you. And when I looked at that person, I was like, you fucking think I look like that person? Which is so mean to both that person. <laughs> it, that person's fine. Look, but in my head, it was just like, that person's not, like in my head, I was like, you're not thin enough right. to me and whatever. So it's, and we got in a big fight. about It was like this whole thing. But I think that that is something to keep in mind when, you know, t- uh, when reacting to what other people are saying. And when getting close to other people, it's important to just know, okay, this is how I react to something. And this is this is what I hear. And then, you know, sometimes if you're in a relationship, a close relationship, the other person should know. And that's the other thing we should talk about is if, if the person you're talking to, whether it be a coworker, an employer, a lover, a, a significant other, a friend, if they aren't willing to acknowledge your truth as real and valid then I would suggest not being a part of their you just have to find out what's right for you you know you can't change someone but or a situation really you Uh, you can talk about you can talk about it I definitely think that they're like when it comes to co-workers and employers I definitely think that there it's a, a bit more of a gray area than it is um, you need to make money, you know, yeah. you need to make, <laughs> not everyone's as lucky as we are at BuzzFeed. We yeah. Have, we like, have a very open, but there yeah. are, if, I mean, if I worked for like, I don't know, anyone in my family worked and I was just like, can you please not use that dialogue? I don't know if it would go over quite as well. I think that people would be like, um, it just depends. So and you also have to worry about like, if you were to say that, would they look at you different? Would they think you're like incompetent? Would they not trust you with certain projects? Cause they would be afraid you'd bail or have too much anxiety yeah, those are all what ifs. I would still just speak your truth and let mm-hmm. what happens happen. Um, don't try to hide it. Yeah. Uh, I definitely I think that there there was a time when I felt that, and I don't know if this is true or not, this is just how I felt, when I felt that talking about my eating disorder or talking about, you know, the symptoms of it or what happens was I was using it as an excuse. Mm-hmm. Um so everyone is on their own time, right? Everyone's mm-hmm. going, at, they're doing the best they can mm-hmm. at the time that they can. And I, I will, I'll talk to like my therapist or, uh, about this and I'll just be like, it's just the same thing over and over. I'm never going to do this thing because of this thing. When mm-hmm. am I going to just do it? And I, I definitely think there's a weird gray area, but it's not an absolute. Mm-hmm. There's a gray area of, okay, this is how I feel and it's because of this. But I want this really, really badly. So I'm going to deal with all of these feelings while I go and try to get this. For example, to put it into like uh, something that makes a little bit more sense. I want to be with someone, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm necessarily ready to mm-hmm. to really be like physically close with someone um, or that intimate with someone, but I want to be. And before, before I even got into therapy, I was... I was like, yeah, I definitely want to be with someone, but I had no idea how much work I actually had to do. And Mm -hmm. it is work. That's the worst part is that you go to therapy and then you have to work on shit during the week. And I'm like, oh God, can't you just push a button? Yeah. But you can't. So yeah, I definitely think that there, so if there, if, if it feels like it's so overwhelming with a certain person or a certain situation where you're like, this is, you're not getting it. You're not getting what I'm going through. You you might be in a, a situation that's not right for you right now. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, And to, like, 
where it's changing, you know, like it, the society is changing. We're really lucky, but I, I think you, you know yourself the best, you know yourself better than anyone. Even if you don't fully understand like what is happening to you, your strongest, uh, armor and weapon is your voice. And I think being able to go to therapy and talk openly and like being honest, because I have a book that talks about anxiety and depression and it lists thoughts like common anxiety thoughts that I thought I was the only person in the fucking world who had them. So I think if you can be honest with yourself and be as honest as you can with a therapist. Why are you laughing? Sorry, I just thought of something. This is, I just, whenever we talk about mental health, we start this is whatever we start giving advice oh yeah we don't have it together at all like that's what that is why I'm laughing is that we're like oh yeah let's talk about this vulnerable thing let's tell people that they could be vulnerable let's actually just tell people what to do instead of let's actually talk about it so yeah. I'm gonna kind of go back to if that's cool with you I have to put my retainer in sorry my okay. jaw hurts <laughs> so I'm gonna go back to what you were saying with uh Le DJ mm, and what were like what did you do when you spoke to him about it? Like, did he have questions? What What were you feeling? Did you want to just like not really talk to him about it? Yeah, in the moment, I wanted him to just know what I needed, mm-hmm. and it was, and that's why I had to wait until it passed, and I just kind of had to deal with him trying to literally shove pieces of bread into my mouth because mm-hmm. he thought that's what I needed to feel better. And I, at the end of the yeah, day, he probably thought you were hungover, right? He, yeah. He, well, not even that, but just I hadn't eaten all day, and the only thing yeah. I had eaten was that fucking Monte Cristo, and he was like, "You need to put something in your stomach," which was probably true, but mentally, I was like, I need. Like, I'll just deal with this now. And I kind of went into that fight or flight thing where I had the choice to stay and kind of deal with my feelings or I was like, I want to leave. And so I stayed for as long as I could before I was like, I need to leave because mm-hmm. I don't like feel mentally right. And God, you don't want to do that. Disney is the happiest fucking place on earth. And <laughs> we were with another couple and I felt really bad. Like, so were you trying to talk yourself out of the feelings yes, you were feeling? I was yeah. absolutely being like, stay, you fucking pussy bitch. Like, yeah. you dealt with anxiety attacks yeah. in public. All the time, this isn't going to be the one that fucking kills you or makes you go crazy because it never fucking will. But (laughs) it wasn't until I got home and, you know, I did take a Valium and I took a nap. And when I woke up, I told him, like, okay, here's what I need. And what he responded with was, like, I was just trying to help. Like, I went and he went into fixer mode and was, like... He wanted. He felt like he was doing everything he could, and I wasn't doing enough to try feel and try feel try to feel better. Hmm, that's interesting because it feels like no. Because I think that you know we started this being like, what's the dialogue you have with other people? But it does sound like there is still a dialogue inside of you mm-hmm. with yourself that is very judgmental and very oh, yeah, and sort of and like. That's why- so I I wonder how much of it has to do with I want him to know and mm-hmm. I want to trust what my instincts are without beating myself up. Over and it. that's why the first time we even had a discussion about it, which like if you know you hang out with me you would never guess any of this shit is happening so that's why when the first time we even talked about it i had to be nice and tipsy Mm because i was like i'm just gonna fucking put it out there and if he runs then that's his fucking loss because i'm pretty great even with all of this shit but do you do you think that people are fooled by that by what by that like bravado 
of being like, oh, I'm cool. Like, you wouldn't notice if you just met you that anything I, was going on. I, I've read comments uh-huh. in videos that I've been in where people have said, she doesn't really have this thing. Or she has no clue what real anxiety disorder is like. Or she does, she's too outgoing to have this thing. And I'm like, uh-huh. that anyone can fucking have this. Right. And I think... My point is, is that you can be outgoing and still have something like debilitating about your, uh, you know, whatever insert mental illness here. But I don't think it needs to be as debilitating for other people to deal to to love you or like you even. Yeah, for sure. Did I that think answer what you were asking? kind of. I mean, I think that. I, uh, maybe not, honestly, (laughs) because I think that you do have this, like, this, I do the same thing, so maybe I'm projecting onto you, I don't know, but I know that if I'm feeling super insecure, I'll drink a lot, and then I'll be loud and showy, I'll be like, here's where I'm comfortable, I'm being loud and putting on a show. When you're putting loud and showy, do you... Do you say like what? Say like fuck it, I don't care. I don't care. No, no. I see. I don't mean it as like fuck it. I don't care what you think about me. I I was saying in that specific instance, like I'm just gonna put all my flaws out there for him to either take or leave. No, no, no. I know how you were after. I'm talking about like right before we were like people wouldn't know because I'm usually like blah blah blah. This is how I'm. I you know Um, what I mean. I I guess yeah. I guess to your to that point then like I. I genuinely think when a stranger meets me, they don't assume I have anxiety based on how I'm able to present myself in a social setting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely think, yeah, maybe someone who hasn't put the work in, but I definitely think anyone who has been there. Yeah, like if they're a friend. A friend or someone who's been like, ah, oh, I remember doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, interesting. That's how I feel about it. Because right now you're le- you're being more vulnerable with someone mm-hmm. and – having these conversations and whatever. So you might not once, I think that once it's, it's kind of like tapping your foot in the, in the water, right? Mm. Once you get used to it, you might not be so guarded. Cause I feel like that is part your, this is what I'm dealing with a lot too. I'm like, what part is my personality and what part is a, is a, uh, armor. Mm. And so I wonder if, cause if you're sort of dealing with things that aren't necessarily the same, but they're similar, Mm -hmm your own like own experiences I wonder how much of that is armor yeah and how much of that is your person because I definitely think you're like funny yeah, and outgoing loud. <laughs> very loud I think it was I think it was something Hannah Hart said our friend Hannah she was on the podcast before talking about mental health but she was saying it's important to have these like small awkward conversations because we forget that they are they we forget that they are just going to be short awkward small conversations yeah like it could feel like the biggest deal but they're so important and they're so fleeting that mm-hmm. we we have to remember not to beat ourselves up about things after interactions have happened, which I know is not the case for like the majority of the world. Right. But it is one of those things that I think a therapist told me once that we think people are thinking about us all the time and they're actually not. At all. Like yeah. as soon as you're done having that weird interaction with a coworker, unless there really is something behind that, they're probably never thinking about that conversation again. And right. we get so socially worked up that I think it's, again, it's one of those things where even though it might feel awkward and uncomfortable and you might not be 100% confident in having the conversation with these people, it's better to have it than to not have it. What? I agree 100%. I'm just noticing a pattern. What? <laughs> I don't mean to psychoanalyze you now. What? But every time we talk about something that it gets vulnerable, I do the same thing. And the only reason I'm able to call it out. But I did do it. I did have the conversation with him. Yeah, I know. But then it went right moment. back to here's the advice. 
Well, I think I think it's because we're figuring it out. I like, know. No, I know. I'm just noticing. I do the same thing. Look at me. I'm literally calling out your flaws. I haven't opened up a single bit on this episode, really. Yeah, you have. Uh, yeah, you have. Okay. I just told that really long shitting vomiting story in the beginning. True. That's why it seemed like it was more on yeah. me. Uh, we are doing a shorter episode, so I do want to kind of oh, wrap, wrap up. up wrap when we it got up. to the good stuff. Uh, yeah, just like we do, <laughs> avoidance, avoidance. Um, I don't know. Maybe one episode we could call in two people. I could call in the DJ. You could call in a friend, and we could ha- ask them how they really thought the first time we told them about our things felt to them, yeah, and how they t- took it, and and how how we can help other people have these same conversations. Yeah. That's good. I think that if we're going to end, should we end on a little bit of, yeah. I guess, advice as though we didn't give enough <laughs> preach advice in the beginning. Yes. Uh, I think that what the main thing I'm learning through all of this, so this isn't really advice, it's just what I'm learning, is that I thought I was very different in my experiences and that they, I would like judge them kind of being like, oh, you know, stick it out, you pussy, or like yeah. something like that. Uh, I would judge those sorts of things. And it tur- as it turns out... <laughs> Everyone has those yeah. moments. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that your moments aren't important. It just means that the stuff that you're desperately trying to hide from the world that I've been desperately trying to hide has actually been the stuff that gets me closest to other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's the time when I feel the least alone is when yeah. I'm able to open up and have someone else be like... Oh, now, sorry. granted, sometimes people will be like, yeah, that happens because they're not ready to talk to you about it, mm-hmm. about you know their stuff. Maybe they never will be. Who knows? But... I think it, what's been really wonderful is when I do open up to yeah. people and having them be like, me too. Yeah. And then they have this like little moment and you're like, oh, this is maturity. This yeah. is growing up. This is what it means like yeah. to have adult relationships with yeah. people. Would you say adult shit? I think this is adult shit. Baby. Oh my God. Um, we hope that was somewhat helpful. Again, we'll always circle back to mental health stuff. It sounds like Kate wants to say something else. Yeah, uh, we <laughs> forgot to talk about what the the prize, the prize for the contest, the hashtag contest. What we have to do? Did we talk oh, about? Okay, so we point. we set our winner for this we week. We have three winners, so now it's down to the three hashtags we did. It was shit facts, stupid history, and talk about. Oh, uh, we have yeah. those three winners. So Wednesday night, mm-hmm. uh, we are going to post on our Twitter a poll mm-hmm. for which one you think just overall you like the most. most. the most entertaining, you learn funniest, something, funniest. Whatever you want it to be, that's what you do. So on Twitter, you have from Wednesday to Sunday night. Shorter time period, figure it out. Figure it out. Get so your votes in. We have to record in. our podcast on Monday. You have to go to twitter.com slash adult shit with a one and vote for your favorite because that person, Woo, baby, they are getting the gift uh, uh, care package. Yeah, that we haven't put together no, yet. No, we have not. Be good. <laughs> but let me tell you some of the things you're going to get. Some BuzzFeed swag, some Kelsey Dara merchandise. I'm going to write you a letter. Kate's going to write you a fucking letter. Maybe not. We're going to send will. you, uh, depending on who you are, we're going to cater to your interests. Also, I just released a series called Can We Cure on As Is. It is a series all about chronic pain. And if you guys want to see more of that, you have to actually go and watch those videos and upvote them and shit so that my bosses will let me make more. And don't forget to uh, go to the Philly show. Oh, yeah. So that we can do more live shows. Yeah. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Kelsey Darrow. Do you have shoutouts? All the things. Oh, I do have shoutouts. Holy shit. Uh, at Jess Palmer. 
at ScoutSJA and at Mick. What the fuck does that say? Victoria Gowick. Okay, mine is fucking at S Wolf Hope. Nice, <laughs> nice name. I like that one. At Tabitha May Twenty and at Shell B Jacks Thirteen. Hey, hey guys. Hey guys. We love you. Thanks for listening. Go rate uh, us on iTunes. You could always follow help. me at Kate Peterman on Instagram and at K A Y T E P E A on Twitter. And fucking, fucking bye. bye. I really hope you're my phone. Well, thanks.